Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Two. One. It's Abby Bonnell, and joining me on Feedback today, it's an honor to have Dr. Anne Kieran, a leading oncologist in the U.S. and a surgical breast disease specialist, completing a fellowship in surgical oncology at Stanford University. You're practicing at the Center for Women's Oncology at the Jordan Valley Medical Center in West Jordan. Great to have you on the program, Doctor. Well, thank you so much. And Liz Palazzola with Mountain Medical, overseeing the mobile mammography program, offering women affordable and accessible digital digital mammogram screening on wheels. It's life-saving and so much more. Also, Liz, great to have you here too. Thank you. So uh, both you ladies were at a luncheon that we had recently with the American Cancer Society, and I was lucky enough to sit at your table, and we got chatting about a number of things, and by the end of that lunch I said, ladies, please come on feedback. We have so much to talk about. Uh, Doctor, first of all, let's just start with recent surveys. They showed that there are many more young people now being diagnosed with colon cancer. And I had this conversation with you and I said, you know, it had been leading our news this week. And you said, well, it's not just colon cancer, it's breast cancer too. And you're on the front line treating surgically treating and also overseeing any kind of diagnosis with breast cancer. One of the leading oncologists here. Why? Is this happening? Have we any idea? Oh, that's a lovely thought. Well, they're doing this big studies called epigenetics, which translates to, I don't know, let's look at everything. Um, When we look at big studies like that, we really think if people in their 30s and 40s are getting diagnosed and 20s, mm, I mean, that counts as a heck of a lot younger than we used to expect. But now we're looking back at what happened to them as kids. So this is when we came to more processed foods, more food colorings, way more antibiotic use. Mm. That You know, you can have too much of a good thing. And so we're sort of looking at all these big picture things that what affected them as kids. Okay, but we still haven't nailed it down. We don't know specifically if there's certain food groups or anything that essentially processed food, as you mentioned, probably very wise to stay away from it right now. Well, sure. But, you know, we've been telling people this the whole time. If you eat right and exercise, you bring down your risks of all kinds of badnesses, and that includes cancers. Mm. You live that lifestyle, don't you, doctor? I always say to you, you're always just so fit and healthy. Well, I, you, don't you think it's obnoxious if your doctor says, eat right and exercise, and they're sitting there having a... A burger. <laughs> yes, I, I have to be careful which ones I can say, right? And now I do. I get up early and I exercise. Do you? Absolutely. So every day, your advice right now, we have five different audiences, five radio stations with iHeartMedia listening. From the very young to the very old, we cover it all. You would say, get started young and no excuse if you're older, if you have the ability. Absolutely. I'm going to be 50 next year. Come on, I don't plan on stopping, and I think it just kind of cracks me up with these youngsters. I'm like, really, you're going to let little old me run you out of... I harass my OR staff, I, everybody. Mm-hmm. We do wall squats in the office. I, why not? Well, you you never stop moving. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. Even when we're at emceeing events, there's Dr. Kieran jumping up and down behind a seat before we sit down. It's quite entertaining, to say the least. Liz, let's talk about mammographies. For some 
awful reason we have this reputation for having one of the worst mammography rates in the entire United States, which is alarming because not only do we live in one of the most beautiful places in America, we are blessed with incredible medical facilities and access to life-saving mammograms. It's so true. Um, And, you know, when we really started paying attention to the statistics about five years ago, um, the physicians at Mountain Medical decided, how can we break down these barriers for the women in our community, in our state? Um, Why are these women not getting screened? Um, We took a hard look at it. We... um, advice from from other caregivers, um, other physicians in the community, um, technologists, the state of Utah, everyone. We all gathered together and talked about what we could do to break down the barriers. And honestly, that was the birth of the mobile mammogram unit that Mountain Medical has been operating for the last five years. Um, Our goal was to get out and reach these women that are otherwise not getting screened maybe because they're at work and they can't take PTO uh, or time off from work to go get a screening mammogram at the hospital. Um, In our society here, we have a lot of women that are working a full-time job, have, you know, a couple of kids. Those kids are busy. They're not looking at their own health care. It's the last thing on their mind. Everybody else comes first. And so... If we could make it any easier for them to get this critical screening exam done, you know, annually, what could we do to, to, to do that? And, and really, the mobile, the mobile unit has accomplished that. We bring the mobile unit across the state of Utah to businesses, corporations, local health fairs, community health centers, um, homeless clinics. Uh, free clinics. Uh, we go anywhere we can get 20 or more women together to get screened. And it's hugely successful. It took us some time to break down the barriers of actually getting a mammogram <laughs> outside the in the parking lot. <laughs> but but it's very private, high-tech, brilliant radiologists taking a look at these screenings. Exactly. You have, you know, the same level of excellence Um, from the radiologists that are reviewing your study in the mobile unit as you do if you went to a hospital because our radiologists practice in all the local area hospitals, so you're getting the same level of care but with much more convenience, and it's actually more private than it is to go into the hospital. Um, You know, we stagger our, our, uh, our studies on the coach so that there's only one woman in there at a time. Mm. And they have our full attention. I mean, they are with the technologists by themselves. They ask questions. Our techs can talk with them, you know, dispel any fears they may have. Um, And really, we have a very personal relationship um, with our patients. So since we've been doing this for about five years, we now go back to so many of the same businesses and corporations and health fairs. and we have a relationship. You know, we see the same women back every year, and they don't want to stop coming back to us. We provide this great service for them. And they're getting this study done 
that is really critical to their health. Do you think you need more facilities like this? We yes. have a population that continues to increase. We have yes. just topped three million. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think the need is um, huge, especially here in Utah, because we have so many rural areas where health access is an issue. Um, we go, I mean, we go to a lot of very rural areas already with the coach, but we can't do it all. Um, mm. So having a second mobile unit would be an amazing um, proposition. Certainly. Well, certainly that's something Dr. Karen for our, and I have talked about this. This is something through. for our state legislature uh, mm-hmm. to kind of yeah. discuss and, and really remove the ranking on our Utah Health Department to, to kind of And I work very forward. closely with the Utah Department of Health, um, and they are great partners uh, mm-hmm. with us. And I work with a lot of the nonprofits here uh, locally, the American Cancer Society, um, Utah Coleman, um, and, and, and we partner together to really get out there and visit these um, where access is an issue. There may be cultural barriers. There, uh, there are so many barriers that we're trying to overcome so that we can, first of all, educate women on the importance of early detection and, second, provide the service to them so they actually get it done. Dr. Kieran, Liz mentioned something that's really disturbing, that a lot of women say that they don't have time, they've got busy lives, they've got to take care of their family first. If they don't get diagnosed early, there's none of that. If it's stage four, listen, I lost my mother. If it's diagnosed and can't be treated, you know what? That's it. The whole family is devastated. You don't ever get that lovely person back in your life. And you're there. You're seeing it. You're diagnosing from very young to the very old. And I know what you're going to say. It's time. Get in. It's less than an hour to have this. I always have to stuff mine in before I come to work. Once a year, I do it. And what would you recommend the age to be? Would it be 40 or certainly younger if somebody has had maybe some very serious family histories or detected a lump. I know this is so much fun. You like controversy. Um, so there's the <laughs> United States recommendations, which is 50, sort of. If you read the fine print on that, what was recommended. That's late. Well, yes, it mm. is. That's 10 too years late. too late. I think sometimes people like screening mammograms are population-based. So they're trying, you know, that's a, an interesting balance. It's not individual, which is really hard for us as women to understand, mm. right? I mean, sure. individual... Women are the head of the health care for the family. That's well known, except for their own. We're working on that. But mm. if you look at the fine print, they actually say 50 unless you want to talk to your doctor and then you can do it younger. American Cancer Society, and I actually have done a couple of um, CMEs, which are continuing medical education talks. If you base it on United States data out of CDC and NIH, the real change time in the past 10 years was at 45 to catch slow-growing cancers. Now, that's what screening mammogram is for, slow-growing cancers. That's two-thirds of them. That's good. Self-exam, oh, this is so important. Self-exam. If you feel something new, go ask somebody Mm. because that is how in this younger groups. And if you have a big family history, which is only, what, 20%, people forget that. We talked about that earlier. Right. Most people that get cancer don't have big family histories. Well, doctor, a lot of the reasoning that you hear is, well, I don't need to go and get Mm -hmm. a mammogram yet because nobody in my family has had it. But a a statistic I threw out to you, and you said, that's about right. 75% of cases of breast cancer have no family history connected to them whatsoever. Right. You were born. 
risky, risky. It's very risky. We've okay. all noticed that all the time. But yeah, that's why we have screening mammograms. Look, you don't get an awesome classic car. Don't you make sure the brake fluid is good and that radiator fluid is good and you don't ever run out of windshield wiper fluid, especially when you're in Utah in the winter. Why can't you take that kind of care of yourself? Mm. You just check things so they don't break. Right. And it's a heck of a lot easier and cheaper to fix something early than late. Right. Well, it's life and death, isn't it, really? Um, One important factor here is um, many women say, well, certain portion in our population here, I can't afford it. But there are programs available through the American Cancer Society, through the Utah Health Department, another a number of sources. Yeah, well, the Utah Cancer Control Program, affectionately UCCP, we obviously work really closely. Liz and I both do a lot of stuff with them. I will sometimes get a consult to the emergency room for a breast lump uninsured. And I say, don't move. We've got a fast-track way to get you some insurance to help you take care of this problem. And people just don't know about it. We're trying to get the word out to urgent care clinics, to emergency rooms, to primary care, to these healthcare clinics that if people have a problem, contact us because we can help and we can do it fast. They're not going to be turned away. No. 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 Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, I know it's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to lose your job because of this right. kind of getting a diagnosis. And yes, I have seen that happen. This is what happens when you're a doctor in the cancer world. And we tell those people, don't panic because mm-hmm. we can help them too same systems. We have ways to help people. They just have to know that we have them. Mm, Right. Let's talk about some of the technologies now. It's always rapidly changing. You have seen all kinds of advancements since you've been in this field, and you're specifically a surgical breast disease specialist. Pretty remarkable, really, where we are compared to maybe even 20 years ago. 20? How about five? Mm -hmm. There you go. Oh, my gosh. It's moving so fast. It's technology. I have a love-hate relationship with computers. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, right? Yes. But there's so many beautiful things because of them. Do you know as a surgeon, I can do a lot less because the whole, you know, chemo, which everybody says is, well, it is scary. That's justified. Mm-hmm. But that's gotten so much better with so much better survival that we can do surgeries that are less and it's safe. More conservative oh, surgeries. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. you know what matters? I always try to think, all right, you have a cancer diagnosis. People are panicked day to day. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking in three years, I want you to be able to look at yourself and say, wow, I look good. I don't want you looking at ugly scar, mangled anything. Mm. That matters. That's why we call it oncoplastic surgery. Mm. But it counts, and it counts now, and that's my job. Doctor, can I ask also about extreme surgeries? I mean, everybody knows the case of Angelina Jolie and Mm -hmm. her family history with her mother, and she decided to have some radical surgery. I believe her ovaries removed Mm -hmm. and both breasts. Uh, When... When should somebody consider that? That is a great question, actually. There are, for some people, that's absolutely the right thing to do. So if you look at her family history, it's not just that they had cancer. How old were those women when they had that cancer? Mm. Because that changes, too. I've got some people, everybody hears the BRCA gene. It's the only gene that was, it's got the best name. It's short for breast cancer. All the other ones, like ATM or P53 or CHEK2, okay, those are all also linked to cancers, but BRCA, that's got the best name. That runs in her family, and because of the ages and the cancers, she knew she was at really high risk at a young age. And look what she does for a living. That woman never holds still. She is traveling through multiple countries. Do you think she could do surveillance? So could she get mammograms or MRIs every six months? Not a chance. Mm -hmm. So for her, that was actually a wise decision. I have people who are known positive, like they have a BRCA gene. There's two of them. They've got one, and they don't want surgery. That's okay. 
They're willing to do imaging. Everything. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every six months. And there's some medications we can give them. Not chemo, but risk reduction medication that's even been approved by the FDA. Which brings me to genetic testing where you can actually see if you're carrying the BRCA1 or 2 gene and that mutation. Who should undergo genetic testing? Oh, well. Another can of worms? Yes and no. It's actually amazing. In the last... But we used to have two known genes, BRCA1 and BRCA2. Mm-hmm. As of the end of last year, we're at 26 genes linked oh to gosh. cancers. I'm already out of date. Except, <laughs> now here's the, the little part you have to remember. You have millions of genes. So I could, we could do genetic tests on 100 women with family histories. Okay, you have a family history or you were diagnosed younger than 50. These are all things that qualify people right now. Family history, first or second degree relatives, any male in the family, you could be your great-grandfather had breast cancer, you're going to qualify for genetic testing, any male. Mm-hmm. If you are under 50, if it is a triple negative breast cancer, which is one of the different, there's, I feel like it's 31 flavors, there's a lot of kinds of breast cancer, and that's one if you have, you can get it. Or if you have cancer in both sides, mm-hmm. oh, that, which can all happen, get genetic testing. But what people don't know, 100 women that fall into that category get tested, 20 of them, we know which gene. The other 80, we're like, huh, must be one of those other bazillion genes you happen to have. Right, right. Or a combo. Yes, no kidding. Uh, Okay, if somebody, Liz, is interested, a company, we have many, many company leaders listening to our stations, is interested in bringing your mammogram mobile on wheels to their company, pretty easy to reach out to you, isn't it, and book for further down the line and get on that schedule? Absolutely. Um, I would recommend, um, if you want to plan an event, um, to get in touch with me, very soon. Um, we book up really quickly. Um, oftentimes, our October dates are booked a year in advance That's because incredible. of Breast Cancer Awareness <laughs> Month. Wow. Um, and because we are the only game in town, um, you know, it's, it, it's tough to get scheduled. Um, so we're very flexible. Um, that's the beauty of the mobile unit. You know, we can start early, go late. Um, we can do weekends. We can, you know, we can, we can be as flexible as we need to be, but there's only so much time. <laughs> right. So if someone is interested, please reach out and contact me. Um, and I would love to, to work through your questions and talk about dates um, and how our program works. We make it as easy as possible for the people who are, are putting on the event to put it on. Really, all they need to do is promote it. I do everything else. I provide scheduling software. It's just click a link, and patients can schedule themselves. We collect all their demographic information online. I mean, it's so slick and easy. They get a reminder text message or email or phone call, whatever they prefer. All they have to do is show up. And on the coach, a screening mammogram takes 15 minutes. That's it. I mean, we're not talking 45 minutes. We're not talking about sitting around in a waiting room in a gown, poncho that's cold. Mm -hmm. 
chatting I'm with other ladies. Yeah. Chatting with That's ev- always everybody me. I'm else. Always chatting with everyone. No, we're <laughs> talking about literally. <laughs> you can get your paperwork filled out beforehand. I mean, it's so easy. You literally walk out. It's 15 minutes door to door. It's the number 801-284-1732. It's Mountain Medical. That is my direct line. Sorry, Liz. I just gave out your direct line. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled to have my direct line out there to all of your listeners for uh, any questions you may have about our program. And I'm, another number that they would like to reach out would be? You can call Mountain Medical Imaging Center's direct line. So Mountain Medical Imaging is not only mobile breast, uh, but we also have full-fledged imaging centers, one in Murray and one in South Ogden, where we do all of your radiology exams, uh, X-ray, CT, MRI, um, pain management. We do everything, ultrasound. Um, So there is a direct uh, line you can call to reach us at the imaging center and they can always find me if if it's a mammography question and that number is 801-713-0600. Dr. Kieran, I want to talk about some of the advances in technology and we were talking about the new 3D imaging, uh, brilliant for many women who have dense tissue, me included. Um, it is a far clearer picture of what's going on. Oh, absolutely it is. You know, it's not just in mammography because it was so much better there. Uh, We talk about risks. Increase in breast density is an increased risk for breast cancer. And we've known this for years. And that's actually why 3D mammograms kind of got invented. And then when they did all the studies, they said, oh, my goodness, those are good for every density. They will find subtle things faster and earlier. And they actually reduce callbacks that you don't need. So a lot of times with the standard mammogram, you get a call back because they're like, well, we need to call you back for, I call it the super squeeze, and mm. just make sure that if we smash it, it doesn't actually, it's not a bad guy. Sure. But 3D mammogram has really, really improved that. We use 3D now in the OR. We actually have a specific one for if I have to remove that cancer, I want to remove healthy looking tissue around it. I don't want to see the cancer. Thank you. If I can put that in and I, it gets its own, it's your least painful mammogram, your own little bitty specimen is in a 3D imaging mm-hmm. thing, and it lets me know how close it is to the edges. Mm. That's important stuff. So, yes, technology moving forward has is, is been wonderful. And those parameters is what you need to remove around the cancers you mentioned. It's just so critical so it cannot spread. Well, that and I don't want to have to do another surgery. Right. If it's too close to an edge, you can't see cells. Mm. You just can't. The pathologist is always the final say. But it really, really decreases the need to go back to the OR. I think it's important. Do most places now offer that 3D or do you actually specifically have to ask for it? Because I went through a mammogram recently at one of our local medical facilities and I was asked, and I don't ever remember being specifically asked in the past, do you want the 3D? And by the way, that will be an additional expense. Which, you know, everybody, when you go into a hospital, it's like you have no idea what you're talking about, do you? And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And it kind of ranges in prices, so you need to ask your medical facility, don't you? Clearly, it's, it's not, it, it's, still, it's still expensive, but it's life-saving too. Under $200 and ho- hopefully under $100 at other facilities. It depends on where you are. Most places now are, have or are getting 3D mammograms. But you're right, you have to ask because not all insurance companies cover it yet. Now, I always encourage my patients, I'm like, call your insurance company and ask. Because I figure the more women that call their insurance company and the more they hear it, maybe, maybe they'll start saying, yeah, we'll cover that. 
shouldn't this be standard preventative medicine? Well, yes, and that that works how well? Right. All right, we're right. trying. We're really trying. It's, it's like actually, moving mountains, right? So insurance companies, the ones that do already cover it, realized it's cheaper to to treat do this, it yes, in the early stages. Three D mammogram, then do a callback diagnostic because I tell you what, half the time the diagnostic is on the three D. Right. And all the anxiety that goes with mm-hmm. the false positives, you see it, you know, when the patients come back, I've gone through a couple of those. And it's like, you're kind of like white and very quiet. And rarely am I quiet, but I am in those. No way. Yeah. Okay. Occasionally, doctor. Okay. But no, wait a minute. Can I correct something? You called that a false positive. Yeah. That's not what that is. And ooh, the media. Thank you. The media for sometimes me up. gets people confused. Oh, we are such bad spreaders of <laughs> fake news. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Okay, now wait a second. So when we say false positive, that means you got diagnosed with cancer and you did not have cancer. Right. That's what false positive means. When you get a mammogram right. and they say, hey, we need another picture, 10 women that get called back for that is mm-hmm. just because screening mammogram is two pictures, one from the top, one from the side. Basically, is that right, Liz? Yes. Eh. All right. Great. So the callback is there was this weird density there, and if we actually squeeze a little harder, bam, the density's not there anymore. That's why most callbacks happen. Understandable. That's not bec- – but that one out of 10 – Mm-hmm. That gets called back, they say, "Oh, we probably should biopsy that." Right, and it's only one, one oh, to two out of yeah. those really that actually get diagnosed. That it are actually, yeah. So yeah. when they say false positive, I'm always like, "Cringe!" That is right. Nobody said you had cancer. What we're doing is getting a better picture to make right. sure whether or not we need to actually look at sure. tissue under a microscope. But as patients, you know, we always go to the worst zero uh-huh. to sixty in one fell swoop, one Absolutely. phone call, and we're there. Absolutely. You know, so how do you deal with patients when you have? I mean, it must be so hard for you when you you look because they're looking at you, hoping for everything that it's just going to be perfectly, perfectly, positively well, and it's not always the case, doctor. How do you, as a doctor, a surgeon, handle that? I am really honest with my patients, and I hmm, i guess I can blame my parents, but I think it's the right thing to do. People need to know. I have had people come into my office for, oh, they thought it was somebody was breastfeeding, and they thought it was just a clogged milk duct. I do have an ultrasound in my office that moments notice, bam, me and my little ultrasound get going. And when I look at it, stuff and I say, you know what, that's not a clogged duct. And I will tell people if I think it's cancer. Because that's fair. It is hard. I also always tell people the whole family just got cancer. I was going to say that. It's not just the patient. No. Everybody is impacted before, during, and after. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we make sure that we tell these people, these wonderful people, it's like, yes, we don't actually treat breast cancer. We treat people. Mm. And they need to know that. It's just so hard. It is so, it isn't, it's a horrible incredibly frightening diagnosis because for most of our written history, if you had cancer, you died. Right. That's not true anymore. No. And that's the word we have to get out. Right. We caught it. You got better odds. I have stage four breast cancer patients that are four years out. Really? Unbelievable. That has changed. Is that always true? No. Cancer still kills people. Right. It does. And we know that we need to study it more and we need to catch it earlier. But there is always hope because because we can Mm. and we should. Stages one through four, clearly one is where you want to catch it. Uh, But as you just said, at stage four even, there's hope. It's not a death sentence anymore. 
uh, remarkable work, but it does start with a mammogram, and I don't quite know how we get everybody to be sure this. And if our mums or our women are not doing it themselves, I think it's up to our, their loved ones or maybe their colleagues at work, you know, just to check. I, I'm a bully here, honestly. After losing my mum, you should hear me. Oh, I, they will run when they see me in the corridor. Because, you know what, it, it, you're right, 15 minutes at the mobile mammogram, and then less than an hour if you're going into a medical facility. And everybody says, oh, it hurts. Really? That's what you're going to complain about? Try try having cancer. That really hurts. The mammogram doesn't. Well, I don't know. And I exercise. Look, I go for runs. That I think hurts. I fall. Well, I, I like trail running, so <laughs> I'm really good at falling and getting right back up. And that hurts more than a mammogram. There you go. It's a little mm-hmm. tiny pinch. That's all. It's a lot of these l- women have had children. A little discomfort. Yeah, well, hello. That puts you it all into perspective. pregnancy. <laughs> that is worse than a mammogram, which is a few seconds of squeeze. Okay, Literally so, a few seconds. It is. It, yes. it really is. You breathe in and breathe out and it's over. It's over. Done. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, some risk factors. I always like to point these out. Alcohol. Alcohol, not good. Correct. I know. They keep trying to do this red wine with dinner thing because it's mm-hmm. cardiovascular good. They're, they're, they're sort of right on that. You know, they've had a couple interesting studies, and this is tough for women especially. Binge drinking in college, which happens. So a lot of women are having children later. That's a risk factor. If you have kids after 29, that actually increased your risk for breast cancer Mm. or before 19. How's that? And then binge drinking in college, especially it's before you've had a child, really, really increases your risk. We're not saying never have a drink. Mm. A drink, it's I guess like anything in moderation. It's not not going to give you cancer. However... Are there risks associated with it? Of course. Mm-hmm. Inflammatory breast cancer. I think you kind of went in this direction when you were talking about patients who, and I actually had a friend who told me about this, that her first doctor, her first diagnosis said, oh, it's a problem with a blocked duct when she was breastfeeding. It wasn't it. And thankfully, she just literally thought, no, I know my body. This isn't right. And she got a second opinion and she had breast cancer. Good for her because I've had a few people do that, but it makes sense because what people forget is 99% of the time it was a clogged duct, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Inflammatory breast cancers almost always delay diagnosis because it looks like a skin infection. Mm -hmm. And 99% of the time, that's what it is. But if they get on antibiotics and it just doesn't get better and it doesn't hurt, that's always an interesting question because usually skin infections, ooh, they hurt. And they'll get this redness that just doesn't go away. Mm. So there's a lot of, and it's easy for me to say, oh, I think that's inflammatory breast and I'm going to do a biopsy right here in my office. But I see it every day. So if I were, like, if you threw me in an emergency room or urgent care, I would be like, eek, I have no idea what any of this is. So I respect them and I understand why they would say it's a skin infection because mm. that is what it looks like. And it's a lot more visual than uh, a normal diagnosis, clearly, unless you feel a lump. But uh, there's heat, it's red, it can be infected. It can almost have like the appearance of an orange. Is that right? The yep. skin of an orange? Ooh, peau d'orange is actually one of the mm. flag signs, which is French for orange peel. Right. Mm. Okay, so last word on this, mammograms, ladies. We're saying 40 every year. I would say 40. Doctor, clearly I'm not the doctor in the studio here. What would you advise right now for all of our audience listening? What age should you start getting a mammogram? If you're otherwise healthy and have zero other risk factors, 45 is actually okay. If you have any family history, if you are overweight, diabetic, have any inflammatory diseases, if okay, almost everybody else 40. And earlier than that, if you have people in your family, if somebody was diagnosed at 40, you should be getting imaging at 30. 
Okay, my thanks to Dr. Anne Kieran, a surgical breast disease specialist at Jordan Valley Medical Center, and Liz Palazzolo with a mobile mammography program at Mountain Medical. Thank you, ladies. Very informative for joining me right here on Feedback. Wonderful. It was a pleasure. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.